you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Hi, and hello, football fans. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. We are in San Francisco, California, home of the Golden Gate Bridge, which is inexplicably dark orange or red. I don't understand why they wouldn't paint it gold, but let's not get hung up on that. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program. Presented as always in San Francisco, we're out. Hi, McDonald's. Go get yourself some all-day breakfast. You know what would really hit the spot on Super Sunday? Make it a super start to the day. Mm-hmm. Egg McMuffin. Or you know what? Maybe a halftime treat. However right. you want, you can get your breakfast when you want. And get one of those hash browns with the nice little paper sleeping bag that they put in for you. Because it's classy. All right, let's get into it here. Super Bowl 50 is nigh. We can't wait. We've had a wonderful time out here. I have gained 17-ish pounds so far. Let's say hello to everybody joining us here Today on the DDFP, starting out with our main man seated to my immediate left, here on Media Row, all the way from London, England, he serves as our resident Miami Dolphins fan, it's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank, he's Handsome Hank, he's Handsome Hello, handsome. How are you? I am very well indeed. Thank you, Dave. It's, it's a thrill to be here. It is a it thrill. It really is a thrill to be here. It's Super Bowl 50. We had a wonderful dinner with the, the uh, Culinary Club. Our tour of the United States and beyond continued, and we uh, we fit in a great meal a couple of nights ago with one Ike Taylor. We did. That was tremendous. And Matt Money Smith, and we drank wine, and then we drank some wine, and then we drank some wine, some and we ate some food around it, and it was all terrific. And uh, But we're about to talk about the Panthers and the Broncos. Let's also say hello, though, to the host, 
of the Around the NFL podcast, an emerging superstar in the world of football media. Here he is, everybody, with that tremendous head of salt and pepper hair. Dan <laughs> Hanses, what's the poop with you, fella? I am also excited to be here. How are you? Yeah, the Damashek show, the, the fans are out for Sheck. The walk from the media center where the NFL media group sits to here, you just shouts of, oh, Damashek, Damashek. Sign something for me. Sign something there for me. There were people. You're there, a hero to me. We were on Media Row doing a different show the last three days, and there were a gaggle. There was a gaggle that gathered behind us on the set, and I... No fewer than six people asked after one handsome Hank Hodgson and where was he so they could get their autograph. One or two people asked <laughs> after Black Tie. They wanted his autograph really? as well. Black Tie was it Black out Tie? from behind the glass, but now behind a, a bar, bar here on Media Row. Black Tie, what's the poop? It's going well for you this week, huh? Doing well, guys. I have a Jameis Winston exclusive, if you guys care to hear. Yeah. Yeah, we were supposed to have him on the show today. We are working on him. We're not able to get him. I did see him at the Madden Shocking. party Shocking. yesterday, Friday <laughs> night, which Dan was essentially hosting. Yeah. Um, I spoke to Jameis and I asked him if it was going to be a Super Bowl 50. His response was like, no, nah, not until I make it. So there you go. He won't, oh, he won't attend the Super Bowl. Until so he makes taking it. it to a new level the standard is always you don't touch the conference trophy yeah because it's a jinx which i disagree with doing that by the way i don't care you of course you in general do players go to the game i know they attend i don't think a lot of them do i I don't think think he's making a big like grand gesture there i asked doug flutie that yesterday if he was going to the game and he said i just can't and this makes him sound curmudgeonly but i do believe what he says he said if i would go to the super bowl i would just spend three hours signing autographs and he's right Fair enough. that's not a, that doesn't make him a bad guy that would be terrible let's uh, let's spend some time counting all the times that dave drops names during this show okay okay i'm looking forward to it it's not within the context of me doing a show if i no. talk to a football player it's not weird for me that's not a name drop of me if i talk to him on a show <laughs> like i talked to ryan reynolds deadpool Two. no big whoop Woo. Hey, no big whoop about this, except for one handsome Hank. My pal, who I see at the Super Bowl every year now, Franz Huvik from from the 11 Sports podcast, delivered these Belgian chocolates. He's a man. Franz Huvik is is a Belgian man himself, so he brought some authentic Belgian chocolates for us. They look just, they they look look like pieces of art. What a presentation. But the thing that he said was he gave them to me because... He hopes that they will grease the skids to replace him with, replace you, handsome Hank, with himself. That's Ooh, his what? angle. He doesn't want you on the show anymore. He thinks he belongs. Give, you should give them back. Oh, well. <laughs> or you prefer chocolate to me? Is that what it came down to after all these years? What about all the chocolate I gave you to be to be sitting here? Let's see how the show works out. There's today. a little let's bit not, of contentiousness let's not make let's between not put uh, Dave and Henry. Today. Apparently, already. I like just being a fly on the wall. We did just see uh, Joe Namath, Broadway we did. Joe that was, was, cool. uh, was in yes. here. Yes, many stars running here, there, everywhere. Tony Romo, a delightful fellow, we got to talk to as well. One of the surprising guys. It's always interesting. We have talked to Paxton Lynch. I, he was a cool guy. All right, let's get into it though. Let's start talking about. Also, I'm going to show you one more thing though. I am going to Super Bowl 50. Hubba hubba. Is this is this the part of the show where you raffle off or you uh, there's a trivia competition to win? I don't know. Dave's I feel ticket. like we should do a trivia question for Handsome and Hanzus, and the loser has to wear uh, the, Ooh. the uh, Ooh, I like that. salt and pepper mustache. Okay. Well, it would go great with you anyway. It, it really would go with your salt and pepper. I can't grow a mustache, so All right, I don't let's know. Play, let's play everybody's it. favorite kind of trivia. Oh, I won a trivia contest. 
on the Around the NFL uh, show very recently. Stunning. You did. I run Chris Wessling's uh, toaster. Yeah, it's now mine. I might just retire. Are you using never it? Give it back. I might retire and just keep it. <laughs> never give it back. It was the equivalent of like a 3-2 to two win in football. Yeah. But it was a victory. It was a victory. Was That's a victory all that counts. what it was. Yeah. You get a double. You know one cares what the score was. Yeah. Let's play Dave trivia. Okay. What's Dave's favorite kind of ice cream? Uh, pistachio. Rocky Road. Neither one of you is close. Uh, salted caramel. Let me say something. You're a little closer, handsome, for one reason. Uh, mint. Mint chip. Stay in hands. Put on the salt, pepper, mustache. As we begin, presented by McDonald's, let's talk about who we're loving in front of Super Bowl 50. Handsome Hank, I start with you. I'll tell you what I'm loving, Dave, is... Oh, this is horrible. The idea... No, you look great. You look great. It really does. does. It match? It looks real. Go on YouTube, uh, audio listeners, and watch Dan Hanzoos. It's time for him it to It really looks like his mustache. Oh, my God. You look just, just terrific. You look like Teddy Roosevelt. It's like my future. <laughs> hey, President Roosevelt, who are you picking in Super Bowl 50? Handsome, wow. go ahead there. I'll tell you what I'm loving, Dave, is as a fan of the Miami Dolphins, who are nowhere near the Super Bowl and shouldn't be talked about at this time, but... Agreed. The Panthers and Broncos in 2010, after the 2010 season, had the first and second picks in the draft. And so what I see this Super Bowl Ouch. as being is an emblem of hope at Super Bowl 50 is that you can be the worst team in the NFL, literally the worst two teams in the National Football League four years ago, are now playing in Super Bowl 50. I think I that's think, pretty cool. I think that's a fascinating point. And in fact, as we pointed out, collectively divisions seem to really sink. And we think about the NFC West. It wasn't right. really very long ago that that it was, was the, the punchline division. division. They were 7-9, right. and yep. nine, the Seahawks, yep. Beast Mode and all that. And obviously we know what happened to them. We saw it. Carolina Panthers were 7-9 and nine last year. And if you haven't heard, they're playing on Sunday. So, right. yeah, so there's hope for those bum divisions and those bum teams in the NFL. Hanzoos, how say you? Well, what was the question again? Who you loving, fella? I was in the middle of my Come mustache. Come on, President Roosevelt. Application. It's a little tickly, isn't it? I'm loving Cam Newton. Uh, I can't do this. I'm loving Cam Newton <laughs> because he has this, this impregnable, easy confidence that makes me think this team has no way of losing uh, the Panthers, of course, on Sunday. I... There's just something about this guy that makes me think that we're looking at a guy that's going to win not just one Super Bowl, but multiples. I cannot see him coming up uh, small on the stage. And this week, just his demeanor, how he's handled the press, the way he's kind of carried himself. I even saw a tweet that the Panthers sent out of him leading his teammates in like a, a on-field dance routine to two chains. I mean, these guys are ready to kick ass, let's yeah. be honest. I completely agree, and the only thing, again, that has nothing to do with practicality, the only thing is that everybody is picking them to win the game. And that never works out. It almost never works out It doesn't in but pro football. If everybody goes, oh, that's definitely going to be it never happens. Though. It doesn't, but I would always caution against people changing their pick on the Friday of Super Bowl. You spend so long, like, leading up to the game, and, you know, immediately after the conference championship game, everyone has an opinion normally on, on what's going to happen in the Super Bowl. And then it, what tends to happen is 11 or 12 days later, you're like, oh, actually, I think the Broncos can win this one. And I've met a couple of people today who said they're thinking of changing their pick. This, Nothing changed from in those 12 days. It's just that you've, heard, you've spun the wheels on it so this, many times. It reminds me of, like, the 90s. Uh, when there were blowouts every year, this is before the first Elway Super Bowl uh, that he won, where the same thing would happen. Like, even by the time, like, some people are like, oh, you know what, the Chargers, they have a chance to give right. Steve Young some problems. 
just because it's the nature of the week and taking so long to get to the game. And then all of a sudden it'd be a blowout. I don't, I don't for as a fan, you don't want to see a blowout, but I don't want, I feel like you're overthinking it if you're thinking the Broncos are in a good position in this game. I just, right. I we'll, we'll get into the game pick, but I agree with you, Hanson. The only thing that feels to me like could shake Cam is if something seminal happens early, like a weird, you know, like the Peyton Manning snap over his head that started the Super Bowl two years ago. Barring something like that or a bad ball out of his hand right out of the gate that gets picked and returned to the house. But outside of that, as we say, in real life terms and human terms, you can say whatever you want about Cam Newton with the misdeeds of, of his youth. But the fact of the matter is in football terms, just like uh, uh, Black Tie's new pal, famous Jameis, amidst all that tumult, he went undefeated and won the national championship and the Heisman Trophy. So it does suggest that he's very difficult to rattle. And, th really and is, this yeah. situation is not going to be too big for him. I'm loving San Francisco. It is perhaps, I think, I, New Orleans is probably my favorite city to go and visit for two days. But San Francisco is the best city. It's the most beautiful city. Really? In the entire country. I think it's the most beautiful city. I, I favorite, I don't know, but I, I, I think it's wow. I think it's glorious. It's so European and on the water and hilly and, uh, and uh, you know, the food is delicious, like I say. Yeah, it's tough to argue. I, I like the city a lot. I, I think for Super Bowl week, I think New Orleans is, is, is my number one. That, that I agree with. New Orleans should uh, be the host every other year at least. New Orleans got benched for the blackout. They lost the, uh, the last vote, I believe, to, what was it, Minneapolis. To Minneapolis, yeah. Uh, and that next year will be in Houston, and Houston and Minneapolis are cities that have a lot of great f people and football fans. But, like, the Super Bowl in San Francisco, this is a city that I can get behind. As a Super Bowl city, I agree with you. Oh, I'm going to gain so much weight in Houston a year. Still from look now. good. Unless yeah. I'll, I, I'll likely have been fired. Do you think you'll have lost so the weight from this week? Probably. I'll have pared it down around uh, mid-January, and then I'll keep it back on yeah. in Houston. <laughs> but I do want to say, across the Bay here, the Bay Area, Oakland. You know, they have a football team, the Raiders, but the Raiders are talking about Vegas. You hear some noise about Mexico City. Both to me would be just dynamite options for the Raiders brand in particular. Imagine if the Oakland Raiders with the Al Davis, the 70s reputation and the bad boys and all that, if they would wind up playing in Vegas. I think that well, would be the greatest. Think about it. I mean, there's been chatter about, you know, maybe they end up in San Diego and that makes no sense. No. San Diego no, no, no. Raiders, I mean, that stands in direct opposition to both the city and the team. Yeah, Mexico City in you know, a, a certain sense of lawlessness south of the border. I like that. In Vegas, we know about Vegas. I think uh, Mark Davis even dropped the old what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas line when they discussed some type right. of conversation about him alone, the possibility. Him living him in, in Vegas Las Vegas is, is reason is, enough for yeah, it to happen. Great. I haven't, one of my favorite uh, acts or pastimes during any of these tentpole league events is seeing Mark Davis in the hotel lobby hanging out, uh, and I haven't seen him yet, so... Well, I, I've seen him a couple of times. He's looking well. Yeah? Great, great. It would also be neat because if uh, the visiting team the night before the game at uh, at one of those Cirque du Soleil shows or something oh, yeah. like that would be fun to go out. Or with Tony movie. Bennett, you know. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. So that I'm rooting fun. for that. I hope Vegas happens. But Mexico City legitimately would be a neat thing, too. Why do you would, think that? Why do you like that? Uh, clearly, the NFL is trying to expand into that market like they have successfully done in London, and they're dipping their toe in that Mexico City water. Um, it would uh, it would be more uh, plausible, it seems to me, right now than it is to put a team in London for 16 games or for eight games. You could, that travel schedule wouldn't 
be that disruptive to a visiting team. I think it would be a fascinating move for the NFL. Players, but also, I think you know, want to Denver, be living there or right, being that's, that's going to be that one of the issues. That aspect of it, I but feel like it'd be tough. I think you know, Denver's obviously famously high above sea level. I think Mexico City's even like even higher than oh, that. Oh, really? So they'd have an incredible home field advantage as well. Huh. All right, and well, and of course, the visiting team would uh, not be able to drink the water. For That's real, they wouldn't be able yeah. to drink the water. That is true. All right, let's get to it now. Enough talk about this, that, and the other. Let's talk about Super Bowl 50. Very important stuff. We're going to break it down for you, what it means to the two teams if they get to hold that Lombardi trophy on Sunday night. Very important stuff starting off with the wizard of all football picking wizards. 18 months of age, wise beyond his years. It's football baby. Is he making his final pick here? I don't know. We don't it's know. It's been a long season for him. Nothing's off the table. We'll see. We'll think about that in the offseason. Football baby's going to do what's best for football baby and his family. But right now, here is his final pick of the 2015-16 season. Football baby. Football baby. The baby who picks football games. Behold, the NFL wasteland of would-be champions for the season of 2015. We have but two remaining. Football baby, Carolina Panthers, Denver Broncos, choose. Carolina Panthers, Denver Broncos, who will claim the golden anniversary of America's greatest game? Make your choice. It will not be the Cowboys. They have their share of rings already. The Seahawks have been there recently, but not in February of 2016. Broncos, Panthers, choose. Not the Seahawks. Bye-bye indeed. See you next year. Here we go now. Broncos, Panthers. That is close. That is a Texans helmet. That's a Bills helmet. Something tells me you are thinking about a ranch. This bodes well for Denver. You must choose. That is old news. Rex Ryan, see you next year. Bill O'Brien, you too. You have chosen the Carolina Panthers or the Super Bowl 50 champions. Congratulations to all and to all a good night. Football, baby. Wow, that's tough for the Broncos. That is tough for the Broncos. It looked like for a moment there he was pondering uh, the Denver Broncos. and He teased Elway and Peyton. They were standing. Yeah. At what point during the taping of that bit they, did you actually worry that it just was never going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> I had faith. He was contemplating. It's been yeah. a long season, like did I he, mentioned there. He did he lot. pick uh, Team Irvin or Team Rice last week? Yeah, some things are beneath him. Right. Some things are beneath him. Reminder, I don't know what's going on with the Pro Bowl. Remember Damashek's idea. Loser Bowl, the two worst teams play. The winner gets the first overall pick in the in the Springs draft. Somebody in my Twitter timeline presented that as their own idea. 
and I didn't call them out or anything, but I thought to myself, only Damashik has come up with that, right? Because it is, it's brilliant. It's either, either that you go that route or the old, the goofy 1990s ESPN skills challenge they used to do. Which was the uh, best. You Nothing know, goofy Kick a field that. goal between two palm trees into the ocean. Like, just go, have, let them have fun and get it all on tape, doing acts of a greatness. Booze included. Yeah, let's yeah. really, if we're yeah. going to do it, let's do it the right way. All right, let's get into it, fellas. We hear what uh, football baby thinks is going to happen. Broncos and Panthers, we have chopped it up every which way. So is everybody else who's talk- who talks about football in the last couple of weeks. How will Super Bowl 50 unfold? Hands what do you think? First quarter, what's going on in the game? Halftime, what's going on when they when they get out of there, when Beyonce and Coldplay and so yeah. on are singing? I think, you know, if somehow Denver hangs around for those first 10, you know, half hour of the viewing experience, you feel good that they might be able to hang around, maybe steal the game. But then I, I'm looking at what's been happening with the Panthers is that the way they're built and the way they've, they've jumped out to these big leads on everyone, I think if you think that the, the Panthers are going to win this game in, a, in a, a manner that will be, you know, kind of cruising, it's going to be the same thing where they jump out to a 14-point lead before they get to the second round of commercials. That's kind of how I, I see this. And maybe Denver recovering a little bit. I like the son of bum, maybe calming things down and hoping – Maybe Peyton gets it back in the game, but I see the game being a game where Carolina jumps out ahead early by multiple touchdowns. You know what? Before we continue to discuss it, I think first things first, we should do the red challenge flag picks because you're going to tip your hand right, if we go too much true. with what we think is going to happen. Let's do it! Red challenge, challenge flag picks! Why doesn't hands do sing? What's wrong is that with a thing? Too big for that. Is that a thing? Are you going to do it? Ready? Let's do it again. Do it. But we all sing. Ready? All One, sing. two, three, black tie, you two. A one, two, three, do it! Red challenge flag picks! All right, let's do it now. I like it. And Zeus, you are our visitor, so there's only one game to pick. You get to do it. What are you shaking your head about, Black Tie? That was a poor job. By who? Do better. You know what's a poor job? Not giving our people the red challenge. Where are the red challenge? Where the red flag? Instead, it's the uh, it's Jeff Fisher's mustache. Oh, here we'll we'll wait for you, Black Tie. Take go. your time. Got it. Got it. This is this That's is uncomfortable, guys, that I have to ask, but <laughs> what are the rules of the game? It is uncomfortable. We you make your pick, yes. just state who you think the winner is. If Handsome wants to challenge you, he okay. will throw, the, throw red the red challenge flag, flag at you. All right. All right. Dan Hanzoos. All right. Carolina Panthers. Denver Broncos. Choose. <laughs> I should just sit around like the football yeah. baby for a while. Uh, I, I think this is a one-sided game. I think the Carolina Panthers, like I said, are going to jump out to an early lead. And I think by the time we're in the fourth quarter, this game will be well decided. 34-13 final Panthers, Cam Newton the MVP, and we start the discussion of where this team ranks all time. You didn't really explain the rules to him. Well, I thought I did, but apparently he's What did a slow I do runner. wrong? It's fine, don't worry. That's fine. We'll get you for ne- next year. We'll get you. We'll fix it in post. Go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> Should I throw the flag? No, you don't. You, uh, well, I would. I okay. I would be throwing the flag. Come on, I'm throw not it, handsome. No, man, I'm not, I'm not picking the Broncos just for your entertainment, Dave. I will throw the red challenge flag somewhere over there because I don't need it. I'm picking the Panthers. Of course, you're picking the Panthers. My, I think the one difference from Dan is. I think the way that you, they've gone through this week, I could possibly see the Panthers come out a little bit, not as loose as I think we they, we think they've been. 
Because I think they wanted to play this game on Tuesday. And I think that it seems like from the press conferences we've seen, Cam's getting a little bit kind of like he was at the beginning of his career in press conferences. I think he's a bit tight. I think they may come out and be be a little bit tight for the first five, ten minutes of the game. And then I think that's when they, they put the... Put you the say Carolina will be tight? A little bit to start with, yeah. Oh, you're throwing the challenge flag on that. They're not going to be tight. What have you seen in any of their playoff games to suggest they're going to come out and be tight? Exactly, but the two weeks... Is that weeks, right that the I two the weeks, Yeah, yeah, that's, that's good. That's worked. Okay. The two weeks that have happened in between, I think, are the things that are going to make them tight. I think they wanted, to, they were ready to play this game in the middle of this week. Um, I'm going to go with the Panthers as well, so a clean sweep out here pending Black Tie's pick. But uh, I, what do you hear you got, Black Tie? Um, He's going to take Denver. He's going to take the Broncos. Because I've been rooting for the Peyton Manning Bizarro season for a little while. We don't care who you're rooting for. Who do you think is going to win? Well, um, I think the Panthers are going to win. It'll be fun to see Cam win, but I'm also rooting for my hot takes. We talk about... Go ahead. There's something unsightly about a man saying that he's rooting for his hot takes. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but I don't know. It feels weird. It's a new dish at McDonald's. You can get it on the all-day breakfast. I'm going to take the Panthers, and one thing that we talk about a great deal is... The, the human element and the psychology of the professional athlete versus schnooks like me and that confidence and it's hard to get a read on and we also always talk about Hanzus and everybody says oh you, why do you hate Peyton Manning I don't hate Peyton Manning but I do think as a human being once it starts to get in your head wow I failed and people now are pointing at it Clayton Kershaw um, you know there, there, there are a number of athletes that stand out that Tony Romo it does take something. It is an extra layer to get over, an extra hump to get over. Conversely, the thing I love is I'm not, the underdog story, a guy coming out, of, oh, that guy, whoever knew Timmy Smith of, of D.C. when they won that Super Bowl many moons ago. That story is fine. It's charming. I like better when you are supposed to do it. When you were born to be the greatest and you go out on the biggest stage and you do it, I find that the greatest because Peyton Manning knows it to a degree. And in fact, he's gotten to be more deferential in the last few weeks since he got the gig back from Osweiler. Cam Newton is at the height of his powers. This could be his coronation. This could start a five to 10 year run for him as being in the top two or three quarterbacks in the league here. If he can do it, if he can put the cherry on top of 2015, he's going to be the MVP the night before. Can he then add in a Lombardi trophy? I say yes. Here's here's a theory, because I like what you're saying about Peyton being a little tight. And that, that I won't deny in some of these past games, you know, with the big stage. I don't think he chokes, though. I always say right, he not a choke, but uh, just maybe being aware of what that is. The idea now that he's such a limited player and... His, his 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 mindset shifting in a sense that I know I'm not the most talented guy and he's bad he's fighting that war that maybe all that stuff other stuff gets you know canceled out a little bit and he somehow plays better with lesser physical I, skills. I absolutely right. buy that. I think that I, 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 I agree. That, that is that's the case for the Denver Broncos. He's not walking out onto the field thinking to, uh, on Sunday. He's not walking out there like I better it's have not the game. Me. It's not me. It doesn't have to be him no. exactly. But I also think that Demarius Thomas is going to have to be the difference maker. He, to me, is the X factor for the Broncos' offense, at least. He has to make plays because they don't really, they're not really built outside of Luke Keekley joining in on plays. I mean, that, they're going to be dependent on the speed of their linebackers to negate Demarius Thomas kept catching a bubble screen or a little quick pass and, and, and housing it. We've seen Demarius right. Thomas do that. 
short of that happening, I just don't know what and the Broncos are, are going to do to move the ball. The Panthers' defense has consistently been an excellent tackling team as well, and I think you have to be at this to get this far in the season. But they don't often let people just run the whole way down the field like that. It sounds like we all think Cam is the MVP if the Panthers win. Am I right about that? I think so. Uh, who is the MVP if the Broncos somehow I think if the, I think if the Broncos win, it's a guy that none of us would, would come up with now. I think if the Broncos win, it's going to be because Owen Daniels does has an incredible game out of nowhere or someone that you wouldn't imagine is going to have a huge game well, has a huge game. Here's the thing, though. If the Broncos win and it's a storybook Peyton ending, That's right. all he has to do is not have a terrible game. Like if Owen Daniels catches two touchdown passes, that means Peyton threw two. They, all true. he needs to throw, throw two touchdowns. Exactly right. Throw That's, for around 200 yards. Don't throw three picks. But the and they story will be because the defense shut down. I know, but that well, was not. That's why I brought this question yeah. up. Was it for exactly that point? They, they vote First with their all, hearts. I think a key to lead defensively, I, oh, it could be yep. anybody, but he's the most likely candidate, I would think. They need the house one. That, they need a pick and six. Something weird has to happen for them to be in the game. They're not just going to – if if the turnovers are, turnovers are even and there aren't defensive touchdowns right. or special teams touchdowns, I just don't see how, where, how Denver will be in this game. Remember now, Carolina has whipped good teams to get here. They whipped well, they Seattle. Whipped them, exactly. they, it got sideways and it got weird towards the end there. They destroyed – the Arizona Cardinals, and if you think about it, I think the Cardinals are similar to the Broncos in many respects. Obviously, Carson Palmer can push it more, but then again, he throws yeah. a bad pick. So I could see that happening to Peyton here too. I saw, I heard, I overheard walking by Larry Fitzgerald, Senior's father uh, is a journalist in the Minneapolis area. He's always at the Super Bowl, and I happened to walk by a conversation where one guy was like, "I, I still can't believe uh, what happened to the Cardinals." And then Larry was like, yeah, it still doesn't make any sense to me. And that's the other thing with the Panthers. Like, I'm going to pick against the team. The Arizona Cardinals were a tremendous team this year, and the Panthers broke their will and right. made them look like the 1996 Jets. I mean, <laughs> that is a, a telling, uh, you know, aspect when you look at what the Panthers are capable of, and it's, it could be bad news for the Psychological Broncos. breakdown or fluky tip pass early that gets returned. Those are the puncher's chances that I think the Broncos have. They Outside do. of that, the matchup is all for the Panthers in my book. It is fun to think about how bad would Peyton's stats have to be in victory for him not to get the mm. MVP. Like 98 yards? Like, I'll have, give it to him anyway. Yes, give it to him. He would have to have, because Namath didn't throw a touchdown and got a Super Bowl MVP. So he would basically just have to have a clean game right. uh, if then, he didn't throw a touchdown. But I still think it, there will be, you know, there'd have to be a pick six and those type of things on the other side. We're two years removed from Malcolm Smith being the Super Bowl MVP. We didn't ever, no one was picking that. So I think no, it would I, be. You know what, I picked that. I did you? Me. No. The, um, you're understating the Peyton Manning aspect of it. I am, you're right. But what I can't about see this, though? Hand gonna Zeus touched on this. You don't care about it. They're not going to win. Yeah. Everybody is consumed by what this would mean to Peyton, and I do think, obviously, if he wins this, you cannot have the conversation best Super Bowl era QB and not have him in your top three if he has two rings and every meaningful individual record. If he loses, I think he slides a little bit more for the last uh, for the last season and a half that he's had, yeah. even though he got to the Super Bowl. What about, though, like Hansu said, if this team goes 15-1, and one, the Panthers, they go through Seattle and Arizona and then go through the number one seed Denver Broncos. Where does this team rank all time in the Super Bowl era at least? I put a little list together, but 
I mean, we, we'd have to consider this one of the very best single seasons ever, right? Well, how many 18-1 teams have there been? There was the uh, Patriots the without the ring. Right, but they don't count. They right. didn't win they the ring, so they're not. Exactly. The 89 Niners are arguably the best. Well, everything is arguable, but the uh, Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears, Bears lost one, one game and then they went right. the whole way. The Steelers of 78 went 14 and 2 and then uh, beat the Dallas Cowboys and, uh, and the good Houston Oilers team, so they're in that conversation. Maybe one of those early 90s well, teams, but I, oh, I, do you I, know, you, I don't know if you heard, but the Miami Dolphins, the 72 Dolphins, uh, had you know a perfect what? season. We don't need to hear it. There right? was no, they didn't lose a game, they didn't have that one. Let's go sip on some Prosecco. With I forgot Mercury about Morris. it. Yeah, I the, will. The Fine. champagne cork hit me that uh, Mercury Morris opened, <laughs> hit me in the temple, and erased my memory of that. Here's the weird thing about the Panthers' season: uh, they weren't a dominant. Even when they started, you know, six, seven, or no, they weren't dominating teams. They were just getting the job done. But then, if you look, I would, I would guesstimate, guesstimate from about December one on, right. maybe right around Thanksgiving, they just started destroying everyone. So it took them a little longer to hit their stride. Whereas a team like Let's say the 85 Bears was just were killing everyone killing all the, the, whole season. Way through the season. So I don't know if you take anything away from them that they took a little longer to be truly dominant, but now they are when it counts the most. I got news for you. I watched the 85 Bears. I, you're younger than I yeah. am, Hansus, and probably don't remember that team that vividly. This team is better. This team is more balanced. This team is all Cam Newton in some uh, in some sense, but on the other hand, that Bears offense was that not comparable yeah, was to this. Not, so, not. So this this Carolina offense is better. They're right. The point is. If they win this one, we will quickly ramp up where does this team rank all time, and it will be in the top five. Which is funny, too, because no one was really talking about no. that two weeks ago, but now I think it's snuck up on everybody a little bit. Wait, if they if they kick butt again this week, that, that means that they lost exactly. one game all season right. and just were giant slayers all year. And what a great trivia question that will be. Who did it come to? Matty Ice. Oof. Uh, last thing before we move on here, we're going to bring up a couple old Dan, friends. Dan, jumping on Dan's point right there, was uh, Fire 38, the Stats-based website, had an article that said the Panthers were the worst team to ever start 11-0. To back up Dan's point, that they started, they didn't start dominating until later on. Please don't feed the no Thank one you. believes in us thing. I can't yeah. take it anymore. I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm, I'm sick about it. You right? can feed my points and make me look smarter. That's yeah. good. That's true. That's yeah. true <laughs> enough. Um, last thing is uh, for for you, Hanzoos. I mentioned where I think Peyton would rank, and I know it's not he's a, a supporting player, but the fact is that the way people regard John Elway versus Dan Marino has a lot to do with the fact that Elway tacked a couple rings on at the end of his career mm. while playing with Terrell Davis. What would this do for Peyton if he does win this? I wouldn't put him past Brady uh, because this obviously, as we've talked about, hasn't been a classic Peyton Manning season. It'll always be nicer on the resume uh, than actually like looking at it like him as a player because we know he got a little lucky this year. That said, uh, there have been a lot of years where he was carrying teams a little deeper than they should have been. I, I would keep him, he's in the top five for me, uh, probably the top three, but I don't think he would uh, leapfrog Montana or Brady, so I think he's kind of locked in at three to five either way, to be honest with you. I agree with that. I think three is probably where he'd land for me, but then, I don't know. Yeah, There's no way you would ever, if we you really would not make him this, three. You, you put Terry Bradshaw ahead of him. I would Frank not. Parkinson. That's ridiculous. How dare you? I would not. Marino, he's not. Terry Marino, Bradshaw is not even the best Steelers quarterback of all time. That's right. <laughs> Neil O'Donnell makes it Neil out there for both of you guys. Oh, shame on you. How dare you? All right. Dan Hansus. Don't listen to his Around the NFL <laughs> podcast because he's too oh. sassy for his own good sometimes. <laughs>
uh, also doing great work. All of the, his, uh, what do you call it? Your view from life the fifty, of... and I'm pretty proud of that title. It's a I came terrific. Up with it. It's a terrific. What blog is it? If you... View from the fifty. Uh, it has a vanity URL, which makes me happy. NFL.com slash view from the fifty. Director of programming. It's a reference clever. to Drake's very new clever. album. All right. Dan Hanzu's great stuff around the NFL, seven days a week, keeping you hip on what's going down. And make sure you check out the Thrice Weekly podcast. All right. We're going to be joined by a couple, uh, an old pal of Hanson from the UK who covers pro football and gets some good stories about Hanson. But right now, we like to consider how NFL matchups might go if they were played by their literal representatives. In this case, what would happen if an actual Panther fought an actual Bronco? Take a look. Let's get ready to match up! With match up. In one corner, standing nine feet on his haunches, sporting hooves like brass knuckles and an obsession with carrots, it's a Bronco! In the other corner, weighing in at 200 pounds of ferocity untamed, knives for nails and teeth that could make steel cry, it's a Panther! The Panther strikes first, lunging at the Bronco. But the Bronco is no amateur in the art of backyard brawling, using his muscular physique to deflect the Panther's advance. Stunned, the Panther bounds up a nearby tree. Agitated by the scary cat's cowardice, the Bronco kicks the trunk with all his might, sending the Panther flying to the ground on his tuggis. Looks like not all cats land on their feet. But now it appears the Panther is surrendering. The Bronco is defenseless against the Panther's cuteness and drops to all fours to console the furry feline. But it's a trick! The Panther claws the Bronco in the backside and the Bronco's bucking like a madman. The Panther sees his opening, pounces on the Bronco's back. It's a rodeo with this cool cat trying to tame the wild beast. And does! Now he rides the broken pony off into the sunset. This one goes to the Panther! Do 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 da 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 down but da down boda boom bam bam Dave. Boy, another sign pointing in favor of the Carolina Panthers. Back here on Media Row right now with a couple of people. Well, one guy who knows handsome from way back when when they worked together in the London office. Neil Reynolds and Jeff Reinbold from the Inside the Huddle podcast on Sky Sports. Welcome, fellas. Welcome Appreciate to- it. Thank you for having us. First, I just want to ask, what have you done to my friend? <laughs> because he used to be called Henry. Yes. It was a good old English name. What's he now? Hank. Well, we like, you know, we, we, we consider ourselves men of the people. You know, this Fair show enough. is for the people, by the people. <laughs> and Henry, Didn't Henry Hodgson was a little too stuffy. <laughs> too they Fair couldn't enough. relate to it. They couldn't, uh, the audience, <laughs> the Czech Republic was like, who's Henry Hodgson? <laughs> so we changed it to Hank, and he is, Undeniably handsome. That's, so. that's true. You're too kind, Dave. You're too kind. So welcome to to you know San Francisco. I don't I, I don't know why I'm welcoming you like I'm the ambassador of the U.S. But <laughs> we no, appreciate it, don't we, Jeff? <laughs> um, what, what what's it like coming over here? To what, what's the, what's the best thing about the U.S. versus the U.K.? The best thing about the U.S. Crikey, <laughs> that is wow. That's a tough one. Look at a few. There bigger must be sandwiches. something. Bigger sandwiches. I like that. I think it's just the fact that it's the game. It's this circus, this whole craziness. It's the only place I've ever seen it. Here. Surely they put on a show like this for, I don't know what, but for yeah, the for Premier League or something? <laughs> 
No, they don't. Do they're really not isn't. the same. It's the week-long build-up. There's no place on earth where it's Legitimately, like Legitimately, though, I've never been to one of the NFL games played in the UK. But yeah. I, all I hear about is that the passion matches, at minimum, matches what you see in an NFL stadium on any given side. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And I think the NFL then, they bring the NFL to London. We don't do this kind of thing around British sporting events so much. But when the NFL comes to town for the International Series games, they do roll out. Uh, take over Regent Street in the heart of London with 500,000 people. They go to Trafalgar Square and pack that out with 50,000 fans. So they have tailgate parties on the on the day before, on the day of the game. So they do try and make it. They try and bring what you have here to the UK, and the fans love it. You know, and when you if you've never been to London, Trafalgar Square. If you think, well, that what does that mean to me? Think about Times Square. That you go and shut down Times Square with NFL fans. In, a, in, in London, England. It's yeah. it's beyond. All of us, you know, kind of came up through NFL Europe in the 90s, and, you know, we couldn't get 15,000 people to White Hart Lane to watch the London Monarchs against the Amsterdam Admirals, but today the NFL is thriving in England. There's also, there was the Rhine. That was my team. Jeff one of my, for the one of my team. Is that right? right. There was, I, I see now I'm, on, I'm putting myself on the spot and I can't Barcelona, <laughs> Barcelona Dragons. Okay, right. What, was there one in Italy? No. no there was no, no Italian. Why wouldn't there be an Italy team? I don't know. There should have been. The Scottish Claymores. Oh, I forgot about Barcelona that. Dragons. Berlin Thunder. Why was there a Rhine fire of all the cities in the... In, uh... <laughs> because Dusseldorf, Dusseldorf is actually a... Uh, there's a million people in the metropolitan Dusseldorf area, but the region... The Rhine region, it took a regional name, much like, you know, the Carolina Panthers. Wait a second, there, was, there wasn't a Paris team either, was there? No, there no wasn't. Paris we missed a trick, really, I think. Very strange. Did you guys, though, so you were in on the ground floor yeah. of the rise of American football over in Europe. Do you guys feel like people who liked, uh, you know, pavement, Back when they when their when slanted and enchanted came out, and now like by the time they get on a major label, you're like, look at the Johnny Come Lately. So you know, what, we, did you guys find each other and gravitate to each other and be like, we're, we're among the few who understand the I think, greatness? Of this I thing. think we, I think what it makes you do is appreciate scenes you're seeing like that with the with the fans turning up at Wembley Stadium, because myself and Henry have been stood in. NFL Europe Stadium, so well, game's going to kick off in three minutes, and there's like 3,000 people here. So we, we've seen the other side of it, and it's, yeah. it's completely grown, and, and, and so you appreciate it. And, and, you know, the other side of it is just how you can experience the game and watch the games. I can remember, and I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, literally leaning out of my bedroom window with a radio yeah, antenna yeah. and a, trying to get an armed forces broadcast in the UK. And now you can sit down, you can watch any game you want to on, uh, you know, by a game. That, it's incredible. Those those sort of childhood events when you have to go the extra mile. Right. And I, I imagine that you don't have to do that. Any 21st no. century child anywhere in the world, probably, <laughs> or most places at least. But I remember that same sort of thing, listening when my teams were on the West Coast yeah. in the U.S. and with the transistor radio and trying to keep it down so my parents didn't <laughs> hear it forge uh, a loyalty exactly. to these teams, teams exactly. you, you know yeah. Dave it's interesting I, I was coaching in the league and these guys were young interns in the NFL UK office in they wanted to be broadcasters they wanted to be journalists and so I watched them come up but they both played as amateur players in the amateur game on fields whoa, 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 whoa. on what fields happened? that sometimes, Wait, what happened? on fields that sometimes <laughs> weren't lined yeah with, well actually know, not enough equipment that, that, not enough myself and Henry 
used to work in the same office in London. Every Friday afternoon, they had this huge storeroom at the back of the, fast, of the office. Fast storeroom. Fa like a warehouse, and it had that metal rack in between it. Uh, so every Friday afternoon, it was our tradition, we would go into the storeroom. I was always the receiver. Henry was, of course, always the quarterback. Lay, you know, rock it throwing on. it through the racking, we'd do that for like half an hour, and then we'd sit down and open up old packs of trading cards. They had NFL <laughs> trading cards. It was endless And then it ended. The whole thing ended when they'd shut down the Scottish Claymores, and they had a mascot called Shuggy. And they Which was a giant bear kind giant. of creature. So we're, I'm running around with Shuggy's head on, seeing if I can catch. The head of finance for NFL UK comes in and says, we're closing that team down. If you damage that product, <laughs> we're in trouble legally. And that was the end of our games in Room 15. It was fantastic. It was, it was, it was a and, good time. And you skipped, the, I assume you just left out for time's sake, the part where you go to the pub and got six or eight games. Well, that was before. Right. Yeah. Then that you was, went back. That was lunch. Yeah. Then the head. Yeah. And then we'd then go the back on. and do that. But Henry got to throw passes to uh, Steve Smith, to Isaac Bruce. Didn't you, Henry? When I we did, were yeah. filming various things for yeah. NFL UK. Steve Smith actually damned the entire British gene pool after he saw Henry throw. He said, there are no athletes in this country. <laughs> and he's a pretty good receiver, so... Yeah. I, I, and, and, that's, and that's post-playing football, so he that's knew right. with, <laughs> with Handsome. He could, yeah. he could assert that having seen what Handsome... I mean, uh, it, it went pretty well up until a point, and then he decided that he I turned against me. Steve let you down, I think. I think it was a little bit of that. Jeff, you say you were a coach, and you coached one Emmanuel Sanders at SMU, right? Back yeah, when, when I was, was at Mustang. SMU, Emmanuel... Emmanuel, we actually had four guys that made it in the NFL off that team. Darius Johnson played for the Falcons. Aldrich Robinson played for the Redskins. Cole Beasley, who's now with the Cowboys, was a slot back for us. But Emmanuel was the bell cow of that bunch. He was truly the best of the bunch and an amazing kid. We had a great opportunity to spend some time with him the other day at, at the media day, and it was awesome. Yeah, he seemed, he started to emerge right at the tail end of his time in Pittsburgh. Yeah. But it really blew up with Peyton Manning. And it was always a little confusing because I consider Roethlisberger to be the equal of Manning. But undeniable that 18 made Emmanuel Sanders a better NFL yeah, player. Yeah, and, and I think Emmanuel said that yesterday when we talked to him. And, and interestingly, though, Peyton said, conversely, it took about three or four throws and about a half an hour workout with Emmanuel for him to realize that guy could be special for me. Hmm. Well, all right, I want to talk about this. Tell me about, tell me the, tell me like the, the 10 to 27 most embarrassing handsome Hank stories you have. <laughs> well, that was the, the one where Steve Smith damned him was pretty bad. But. Well, yeah, when he basically required, uh, he felt compelled to put a pox on the entire Did you, uh, for a thing? Did you see him just shoot me a glance then? No, no, Neil, what I, I want to remind you. That's a dirty trick, handsome. Don't show your Union Jack socks. So Henry, I think it's disrespectful, in fact, to wear the Union Jack on your feet. So let me tell you, Henry grew up playing in something called the Oxford Park League. This is too sad to even. I can't even believe I'm telling you. It's so sad. Henry played one-man football in the park. So he would throw passes up into the air, catch them by himself. That's not quite true. Then he would trade himself, mid-season trade, dram dramatic trade. To the other trade team. Trade himself to the other team. <laughs> so I could drive the ball back down football. the other way. And, and the worst thing is, he documented all of this in a book. And he once brought the book in to show us in the office. <laughs> the book documenting the Oxford Park League. 
which, by the way, he was the MVP of every year. <laughs> For both teams. For both teams. Offensive and defensive. And this is when you were in your early 20s? Right. Yes. He's not even embarrassed about it. I'm Look not at at all. He's proud of it. But you've, 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 you've changed the story a little bit. But, yeah, but I, I like it anyway. Don't let this yeah. truth get exactly. in the way of a good story. Do you know that Handsome, when he was five years old, was once running in a field in the UK and uh, got butted by a ram? In I the did butt. not know that. True That's true. That's a yeah. true story as well. I did not know that. He's I had know. a colorful life. He once, uh, he once, he was, he was, he liked to make uh, predictions, bold predictions. Mm-hmm. And once he was, he was supposed to, he lost a prediction, and he was supposed to sleep in a tent outside the League Hotel uh, at the World Bowl, <laughs> the NFL Europe Championship game, and he was going to do it. He brought the tent and everything, and then the commissioner showed up. Right? The commissioner so showed up, and I decided it wouldn't be a good idea for me <laughs> to be, to be in a tent outside the hotel. I predicted that. I think it was the Berlin Thunder weren't going to lose another game that season. Right. And I think they, they sat everyone in week 10, the final game. It was your this, only non-Miami This Dolphins is great prediction. fun to sit here. We can trade embarrassing handsome Hank stories. That's great. Is that handsome a Handsome Hank once. <laughs> Type handsome 45, Hank, you know, spent a summer of his life castrating uh, calves, as he That's calls them. I think I do vaguely remember that one. He's, oh. the, he was the posh, he's one of the poshest men in Britain. He's one of is that the, right? Yeah, he's, it's like the queen, a couple of princes, <laughs> and then I think Henry. So he's so right. So in the U, in the US he will stay handsome Hank, but now when he goes back to the UK, Posh Henry. Oh, wait, Posh Hodson. <laughs> Welcome home, Posh Hodson. <laughs> Go throw a pass to yourself. Pass. <laughs> Go throw a pass to yourself. Um, all right, listen, I could do this all day. I really would love to hear more. Not sure it's good TV, it. but it's yeah. good fun for us, right? <laughs> Give me a pick, though. I, you know what? I, I just, Dave, I, I cannot see. And, I, and I'm a big Wade guy, but and Wade's got two weeks to prepare. I think they'll play as well as they can play on defense. Agree with that. But I just think that if Carolina gets 10 or 14 points ahead, Denver's just not built to play from behind. And they're going to have to run the ball. Anderson and Hillman are going to have to have big games. And that's tough to do against Carolina. You're not going to do that against yeah. that front seven. So I'm no. going to take Carolina. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think Carolina, when they when they get on a roll and they don't take their foot off the gas, they could be historically good. They look like one of those teams for the ages. I believe in the Denver defense as well. I can't get past seven three and outs for that anemic Denver offense in the AFC Championship game, like Jeff says. And against a defense that's half the quality right. of uh, what they'll see with yeah. Carolina. Yeah, so I'm going Carolina by a couple of touchdowns. All right, well, listen, enjoy now, your... Now, wait a second. I got to ask you a question because my son is standing right out there. And he said to ask Dave about your call once upon a time as Carolina had the worst uniforms in the National Football League. Did you, did you disrespect? Because he's a huge Carolina fan. Absolutely I'm not. This is one of the weirdest mischaracterizations. <laughs> it really is. I don't, this one makes me crazy. Carol, there's a little... I mean, listen, every fan base has, uh, has some fringy weirdos. Your son not included. <laughs> he's, no, he's no, way he past, past those weirdos. He is one of those weirdos. I, we did a thing on, uh, at the NFL where we assessed the best uniforms in the NFL, the, the alternate uniforms, the throwbacks, and the, you know, the standard get-ups. The Panthers, when they wear their, when they used to wear those shiny satin black pants with the black jerseys, awful. I thought they were very ugly. I didn't awful. say they were the worst. I just said I didn't like them, and their standard ones that they're going to wear on Sunday, right. the black jersey with the silver pants, is much better. 
a couple of their fans flooded, I don't know about computers, but somehow forced the thing to vote a million times. There's one of them right there. They forced it to vote a million he, times, so, I, so it was corrupted. So he said, all right, I'm not, I'm not awarding that. He hung you in effigy. He burnt you. He, I'm telling you. People were he very went, cross. They were concerned. angry it was about cr- it. It was the weirdest thing I've ever <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Why do you hate our team? I, I mean, this year, as I'm touting Cam Newton, in late September, early October, this is the player that everybody is sleeping on. This is the best player in the NFL. I'm still getting crossed uh, tweets from Kerala. <laughs> you disrespected our uniforms. There you go. <laughs> Try and enjoy the Super Bowl, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Great times. This, uh, I, like Thank I said, you for having this. Uh, Thank you for giving Reynolds. me this platform. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Yes, handsome. Was yeah. this a, a fun trip? It was down wonderful. Yeah, I love seeing these guys, and I just hope that Black Tie can edit this part of the show out. No, indeed. Jeff Reinbold, great stuff, fellas. It's inside the huddle, Sky Sports, the podcast, and beyond. And if you get a Super Bowl 50 program, you can read some of Neil's work. Page 150 is the place to go for that. <laughs> Thanks to Dan Hanzus. Thanks to Black Tie. Mark Brady back there for making this all happen for us from Radio Row once again this year. Great times. I'm going to go gain a few more pounds before the game. So let's really do it. Let's Let's really focus hard on that. Game time is nearly here. Enjoy Super Bowl 50, everybody. We'll talk to you after it. Back from Los Angeles. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. What's up, everybody? Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks from Move the Sticks. Bucky, for those that haven't listened to our show, tell them what's about. Two former NFL scouts, about 20 years of experience looking at the game from a different perspective, really digging into the personnel evaluations and also some of the team matchups. Also going to be focusing on the draft as it gets closer. And you can check out our show on NFL.com slash podcast. You can find it on iTunes as well as YouTube on the NFL channel. Just pump in Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and every body. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments 
moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.